0: Thank everybody that's here today. Everybody that's here today, you're going to get blessed, and you're going to get blessed in a way probably that you did not expect, and so I'm super excited about this. Today we have with us uh, Amy. I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, but Amy, would you come on up here, and you can pronounce your last name. Yeah, give Amy a round of applause. I know a lot of you don't know who she is, but you're going to find out who she is. And I am just uh, honored and blessed to have Amy here today. And we're just going to have a discussion about what she does. You notice we probably did not take up an offering today. And so what we're going to do is when we collect the tithes and offerings at the end of the service, everything that comes in is going directly to her and her work. So Amy, have a seat. Make yourself at home. And we're going to talk a little bit um, just about what you do, who you are where you're from. Um, I will just say this, I'll preface preface this whole conversation with this, that when we were starting as a church, Amy was a part of that first group that was in our living room. And we're like, okay, this is growing beyond just a Bible study, this is actually growing into something more. So we moved from our living room into the library at the junior high, and we kind of outgrew the library at the junior high, And one of my mentors said, you don't have a Bible study anymore. You have a church. You need to just go public. Well, in that process, Amy comes up and says, "Um, I think, well, I don't think you really said think. I think you said, I know God's calling me to go to Cambodia and be a missionary. So I let that cat out of the bag. But um, yeah, you, you came up to me and you said that. And I was like, oh okay. (laughs) Like at first I was like, okay, what does that mean for us? And that's a very selfish thought, but God has more than supplied. And so once I got over that initial few seconds of, oh, I was like, yes, like we're not even a church yet. And we're going to send somebody overseas as a missionary. And we're not even like, we're just still a Bible study and we can get behind her and support her. And so I'm super excited to have Amy with us today. She's back from Cambodia. Why don't you tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself for a lot of people that maybe don't know you or your, or your story, and how you got into missions. So go ahead, yeah, share that.
1: OK, uh, my name is Amy Maun.
0: Uh, got it, Maun. OK, uh, Maun, got
1: it. I'm, a, I'm from Indiana originally, um, like Tyson said. I was here with the River Church when we were just a Bible study. And God had just put it on my heart for missions. Actually a couple years before that, God was calling me into missions and he just began to break my heart for the nations. And I would just read his word and I would cry out, God, you know, what is your prayer? What is your heart for the people of the nations? And as I began to pray and I began to seek him, you know, he was calling me to go. And there was a moment when I was like, God, okay, here I am. I'll go wherever you tell me. Wherever you tell me to go, I will go. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And never in a million years did I think I would be in Asia because I didn't like rice. (laughs) 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 And it just wasn't a place that I ever thought I would be. But that is where God was sending me to. and. It was just a whole lot of, you know, me seeking God and going back and forth, you know, with him. And I was like, is this really what you called me to, God? I mean, is this really? And I knew, I knew in my heart, and I knew, you know, what his word said. And it was just me being obedient to what he had called me to do.
0: Cool. Awesome. So you did that, and you talked about Asia. Okay, I'm not going to lie, I've had Chinese food the last two nights in a row. So, you don't like rice?
1: I love rice now, but at oh. the time... Oh, <laughs> okay, so God's
0: <laughs> even changed that. All right, that's awesome.
1: Um, yeah, now I eat rice three meals a day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, right. at, the time, at the time, I didn't like rice. But it, it's one of those things where we have our comforts, we have our certain limitations. When God calls us to something, we're like, okay, God, but this, or maybe, okay, God, I'm not qualified to speak, or, you know, who am I?
0: Yeah, right. What
1: voice do I have? Or I don't, I don't like to eat rice. I don't like sticky weather or whatever it is. But that's when it's not about you. You know, it's one of the things where it's not about you. Yeah. It's only <clears throat> about him, and so it's about his people. So
0: what, what happened, Asia, right? Southeast Asia specifically. What happened in, in your life that said Cambodia over, say, Vietnam or the Philippines? Camb- you know, mm-hmm. Cambodia specifically?
1: Um, after I told God that I would go wherever he wanted me to go, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, like, Israel or someplace in the Middle East. Um,
0: oh, because that's not dangerous, right?
1: But it's better than Asia. <laughs> Oh, okay. (laughs) In my mind, at the time it was. In your mind, okay. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Um, (laughs) And then I was asked to be part of a missions trip, and we went to Cambodia, and God really began to speak Mm -hmm. to me on this trip. And it was interesting because as we were pouring out into people, like God was pouring into me, Mm. and he was just breaking my heart and just speaking very specific things to me. and. I, oh. can, can
0: i yeah you hit a you hit a key point in in our spiritual walk mm-hmm. that i think people don't understand and that is <clears throat> we we live in a gospel rich country right and i think that a lot of times we just consume consume more gospel more gospel more jesus more jesus but if we if we don't pour out and give out then it then our cup is full, and it makes it harder for Christ to pour back into us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Right? And that, that's exactly what was happening to you. Yes. you. You were pouring out, pouring out, and God just kept pouring in, pouring in, and you just became a conduit of the grace of God. So, yeah, I, I want you guys to understand it. I think sometimes we think, well, well if, I, if I give out of myself and I, and I just keep giving of myself, then, you know, I'll run out. But that's not True. God says that I'm an infinite God. I live in eternity,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? I have more than enough. If you give out, I will just pour more into you. But he can't pour more into us if we're already full. And so we have to perpetually be pouring out to the people around us. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, his word says that, you know, we lack nothing. So yeah. if you're be, I mean, if you're pouring out, you're not going to lack. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to lack anything. Yeah. And I think for a Western mindset, sometimes we get stuck in this mentality mm-hmm. where, um, we think about our benefits or our comforts or, or whatever. Like, oh, that's my time of rest or don't interrupt my time. You know, we have a a me time mentality a lot of times, mm-hmm. and. Um, that's not what Jesus was about. Right. I mean, there were times he went alone to be with the Father. But he wasn't like, Okay, you guys, I need to I need <laughs> to just be by myself and work on me for a little bit. His you know, the times that he withdrew, it was times to be with the Father.
0: Right. Yeah. So you you decide it's Cambodia, you you went on a mission trip to Cambodia and you get there. Or you go to the mission trip, you come home. I, I remember all of this. I remember all this back and forth, and you're like, God's pulling on my heart. What do you think I should do? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I remember specifically thinking, well, if God's calling you, you got to go. And it doesn't matter how scary or how awkward it seems, you just got to go. And so you went. And what did you do over there? Because a lot of countries, you can't just walk in and go, I, you know, I'm I'm here, I'm a Christian. There has to be some sort of skill, some sort of ability that you bring with you for them to let you into the country, other than i 'm just here to
1: mm-hmm.
0: talk about jesus
1: um, when initially when I went, it was working with kids in the slum areas, and we had started i' started an outreach with the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I started up a program where we would go out and just minister to the kids and Anything you're doing with them, people, because nobody else is doing anything with them in, right. in some areas.
0: So the, the impoverished children in the, in the, you call them the slums of Cambodia, what, what city specifically?
1: Uh, we were in Phnom Penh.
0: Okay. So you're in Phnom Penh, and nobody's working with the kids. They're just kind of left to run amok and do whatever they want, however they want. Nobody's caring for them in the slums. And so you go in and start caring for the children. In, in the slums, and what was the response like? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, initially, the response was not good. Um, they loved the fact that I was a white person there. So <laughs> they would always be like, "barang brang, which means white person. Um, so they would, you know, just be like that. But they they hated, they hated the name of Jesus. They hated anything to do with, Christianity at the you know in this area at this time. And so the response the response from the kids was great. The response from the adults in the community was not so great. There yeah. was a lot of persecution at the time.
0: <clears throat> now you had around the corner, if i remember right, you had around the corner like a like a trash heap, mm-hmm. junkyard and you would go into the go into the basically the junkyard trash where they would store trash. What was the significance of that? What what did you use that for? What did, what were the kids using that for? Uh,
1: using it for um, food, like, and for a living. They would just, that's how they would make their living is just scrapping, like scrapping whatever, trying to sell it. They'd build their house out of trash. Um,
0: yeah. And then that transitioned and you, and you started, doing something else as well, Mm -hmm. right? You started teaching. You wanna share a little bit about that? Because that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, um, we had, after being like, we felt like we were up against this wall in the community for quite a while, um, and just praying, and it just, you know, the more we would pour into the kids, and the closer that they would draw to God, the more the resistance was from the parents, from the school teachers, from everyone else in the community and one thing that that the parents would ask would be like can you teach my child English and because they're wanting their kids to learn English because if you learn English you have a chance of having a better life when you're older and so we you know we prayed about it we started some English classes in the evenings and then um, the transition to like part of the day and then we ended up opening like a community center and a school for the kids uh, where they would come Mm -hmm. and learn English and Bible. So every class began with a devotional and time of prayer. Every Wednesday, they only studied Bible. And then we would do on Saturdays and Sundays, we would do like arts and crafts with the kids and then have like a church service. Mm -hmm. And we let the parents know we weren't hiding it. We weren't hiding anything. We just let them know this is what we're doing. And the parents begin to see a change in the children. And as they begin to see a change in the children, they were wanting, you know, they would come to us, you know, my child's doing this, can you talk to them? Or, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right.
1: yeah, or they would come to us like, there's a little boy down the road, and he's so bad, he needs to go to your house, you know, we're like, well, it has nothing to do with being at our house, technically, it's about God, you know, as the kids came to learn um, who Jesus was and, you know, made him Lord and Savior of their lives, there was this, like, transformation in their lives, and they began to live it out. And so the parents began to see that. And then the entire, the entire village that we were in ended up becoming <clears throat> open to the gospel.
0: That's impressive. That's impressive. And it started with the children. Yeah, yeah, give, give God some praise for that. It started with the children that are scrapping trash in the dump heap I mean, think about that for a minute. You, you, you open up an entire village to the gospel of Jesus with kids who most people are like, yeah, whatever, go out there and do whatever and just leave me alone, right? I got to go make my money and do whatever. And, but that, that's how God works. God takes, and the, and the Bible specifically says, he takes the, those in this world that most people consider foolish and uneducated and he goes, and I will take those people and those situations, and I will cause the wealthy and the wise of this world to sit up and go, what's going on? Why in the world are children who are scrapping through trash, I will take children who are scrapping through trash, who people want nothing to do with, and I will take a whole town and say, okay, what's going on here? I want to hear what you're, what you're doing, you know? And... I just, as I, as I read earlier today, you know, just a few minutes ago, when Jeremiah's had that conversation with God, and God's like, stop it. You don't, you don't know what I can do. I don't, you, so you might be here today, and you might be thinking, God can't use this, and it's not good enough, and it's all of this stuff. And God's like, stop, stop, stop the self-defeating attitude, stop the self-defeating talk. I can do anything if you give me the opportunity.
1: And I think that's what it is, is the opportunity, um, you know, realizing that it's not, it's not you, it's not necessarily your ability, it's Christ in you. He's the one who has the ability. He's the one who has the power. He's the one who has the authority. He's the one who's given you the victory. And I think sometimes we, we come into situations, we come into like situations in life or ministry or whatever it is with an attitude of defeat. Like, I can't do this, I'm not qualified, I'm right. not worthy, where God says, you are. You're worthy because I'm worthy. You're qualified because I'm qualified.
0: Yep. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> Something else that you said kind of hit a nerve with me too, and that was, okay, I don't know what's going on at your house, but I'm going to send my kid there. Mm-hmm. And you said, well, it's not really my house. It's, it, it's God, and it's connecting with our creator, making these life changes. And... I know you guys might even chuckle at this a little bit, but I get that a lot. I get, I get the, oh, my marriage, is in, my marriage is rocky, or I'm having trouble on my job, so I'm going to start showing up to church. <laughs> and I kind of chuckle because I'm like, yeah, that's like one piece of the equation, mm-hmm. right? It's like I, I always compare it to baking. Like if you want to bake a cake, you just don't break a few eggs, throw it in the oven, and expect the cake to come out. Church is just a piece of that ingredient to living a life more connected to God and getting your life moving in the right direction. Unfortunately, people from the outside go, okay, well, that's where all those people congregate. That's where they go, so that must be where it's at, so I'll go there and get it. But it's like, this is just the eggs and the ingredient. and then there's flour and there's sugar, and I don't know, I don't bake. But that's about it. That's all I know. And the Christian life is more than just showing up at church. That's just a piece of it.
1: Yeah, it is, ju- it is just a piece of it, and it even goes beyond that. You know, at the moment of salvation, um, sometimes we think, okay, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, you know, and we stop there. Right. And we don't realize that there's so much more. Like, that's not, that's not the end. I mean, that's <laughs> not like, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and then, you know, maybe come to church or whatever. No, it's having this revelation knowledge of who Jesus is and who you are in him Mm -hmm. and living and walking that out in your daily life and I think that's what it is because when you know that all these other things are going to change there's going to be such a transformation and it's Mm -hmm. because you're walking out who he is you know like Paul says it's no longer I who live but Christ in me right that's what's being lived out in your life
0: yes absolutely so now let's go you're in Cambodia you're working with children that are basically in the slums and they're scrapping trash to live their parents don't really care you're teaching them English because if they learn English they get a a chance at a better life when they grow when they get older they can get a better job and so on and then something happens to you so you' you're at church and you meet this worship leader guy this Cambodian guy you tell us about tell us about that a little bit and how that Transformed your life because I know that was a big change for you.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was. Um, I had met at church this guy. His name's Tanak, Um and it was really funny because we just we had like a we had a connection and. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like more. We would became ministry partners and friends, and he would be my driver and stuff. And he didn't really speak English that well, and we just we began to just do ministry together like we would everything I mean we were together all the time just you know doing ministry ministering to these kids seeking God Mm -hmm. and then we we just ended up falling in love
0: (laughs) (laughs) right so then you get married you and Tanakh get married and you guys are now doing ministry together yes right and he is still leading worship Right, as well, some?
1: He, he does in some of the, um, some of the remote locations. And yeah. then when we have expedition teams come through, okay. he leads worship for them. Cool.
0: So do you have, like, a favorite verse or a Bible verse that kind of just keeps you going? Because I can imagine, you know, walking in, you're, 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 a, you're a single woman when you first go to Cambodia. You don't know anybody. I mean, literally, you went in blind faith. I'm going to Cambodia to make a difference for Jesus. I don't care what happens to my life. I'm going. And you go, right? And, and through all of this, and we're going to talk about the new changes that have just occurred in the last few months. But do you have a Bible verse or something that keeps you going that you look to? Favorite verse?
1: Well, there are several of them. But thinking back, um, one of the things um, that really struck me back then was um, Abraham when God told, you know, Abraham. Mm-hmm. You know, to leave his family and his home country and to follow him, and he said, "You know, to the land that I will show you." Right. Like Abraham did not know where he was going.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I mean, we we all, yeah, we faith. think Abraham just set out and goes, "Well, that's where I'm going." And God said, "No, leave." And when you take that step of faith, I'll show you where you're going. I'll, I'll eventually show it to you, but just have faith. So yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So for me, like that was the thing is you know, and it was it wasn't always easy. I mean. And it still isn't always easy, but it's like knowing that you take every step you take, you take by faith, you know, that God is leading you and guiding Mm -hmm. you and he's showing you where he's going.
0: So so you're doing this, you and Tanakh get married, you guys are married now, right? And um, you're working and you go out into basically rural Cambodia, right? So you're in, I'm going to botch this up, but Phnom Penh. Right? Was that even remotely close? Yes, Did I that say was it, right? right. Okay. You're in Phnom Penh, and you're helping these children, working with these children. And then God lays something else on your heart. He says, you know what? Go out into rural, countryside Cambodia and begin to minister. Right?
1: Yeah, so God had put that on our heart for a couple of years. Um, we both knew it, and we came together one day, and we just sort of talked about, you know, what God had been, like, speaking to us about. If you're married, I encourage you, have these conversations with your spouse regularly, if not daily, at least do it once a week. You know, what what is God speaking into your life? Um, because you, God's going to be speaking the same thing, I guarantee it, to both of you. Yes. <laughs> and it's,
0: <laughs> it's just, have you and Tanakh ever looked at each other and went, like, that yes. was weird. Yes. But you're both hearing from God separately. And then when you come together, you're like, you heard that too? Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, <laughs> we got to do it. Yeah, go yeah. ahead.
1: Yeah. Um, and so we were talking, and we, God was telling both of us that we were going to be going into the rural regions of Cambodia. And so we had been praying about it, and we had gotten so comfortable where we were. Mm -hmm. You know, with our ministry, things were going well, you know, everything's open, you know, open to the gospel. I mean, even over a couple of years, and I mean, Jesse was there from one year to the next. I mean, just the change in the village. Like, it's the entire atmosphere changed. And so we're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Kids are starting Bible studies at school now. Wow. Um, Wow. They're sharing with their families. Their families are coming to know God, and then God is, like, telling us, okay. Move
0: on. Move
1: on. (laughs) And that's sometimes, (laughs) that's part of discipleship, too. Discipleship, I mean, it is saying goodbye. Sorry. Discipleship, it is saying goodbye at times because, you know, I mean, not that you're not going to see them or talk to them anymore, but they're going to be the ones, you know, to continue on. And so it was a struggle. It It was a big struggle because I was like, God, you know, we went through all of this, pushed through, and just starting over again you know yeah
0: yeah it's like every time we get comfortable where God has called us to he goes all right move out yeah got to grow your faith and I got to grow the faith of these people for them to realize they can do it without you because all they need is me and I'll provide somebody right Mm -hmm. so he's really growing the faith of everybody involved
1: so yeah and he was so we begin to pray about it and you know we're just like okay God what is it that you have for us and then we were blessed with a new moto and someone's like I'm buying you a moto and okay, we're what's like what's a moto oh a moto's our form of transportation it's like a little motorcycle okay and we're like so we went to find one, and the kind that I wanted was an automatic one because it's easy to drive in the city. Mm-hmm. And Tanakh and I had prayed about it, and it was really funny because the people that were giving us the, you know, giving us the funds for the moto, they were like, "What has taken you so long? I mean, just go buy a moto." <laughs> and we really prayed about it, and we're like, "Okay, we want this," but we just didn't feel peace about mm-hmm. it. And if God is calling us to these remote regions, yes, we need a different kind. Yeah. And so we ended up getting that, and this is before we even moved, Uh, before any decision had been Mm -hmm. made. It's just, you know, again, just seeking God and listening to to what he's telling you to do. And so um, through this organization, Overland Missions, we had kind of been working with Mm -hmm. them and helping them get established when they first started in Cambodia. And my husband had actually done a lot of translating and, and translating for them, and he kept telling me, God's calling us there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so you met this organization called Overland Missions. And prior to this, you were just pretty much on your own.
1: Yes.
0: And so you've partnered with them. Tanakh is translating for them. You guys just decided to to join with Overland Missions and come under their umbrella. And then you guys moved from Cambodia. And where would you move to for for, uh, three months, four Um, months?
1: Yeah, for three months we were in Zambia, um, a Rapid 14 base for advanced missions training.
0: Okay, so you're in, where again? Zambia. You're in Zambia for three months for rapid missions training, which is basically missions boot camp. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like intense how to be a missionary and spread the gospel, and it's intense boot camp. It's... Um, something that I did for myself to start the church, I went to basically, I mean, they call it church planting boot camp. Um, it was only three days, though, not three months. And so you go and, and you get this training, and now you're going back to Cambodia. And what's, what's the plan moving forward?
1: Um, the plan moving forward is we're going to continue our ministry there that we were doing before we left. Um, we had moved up to a province in the northern part of cambodia near the thai border called Preah here and there we actually work in the jungles and reach the unreached bring the gospel to the unreached people uh, we've been having expedition teams go in there for the last couple of years and so when the expedition teams come in it's like a short-term missions trip and so the short-term trips, they come in and they just bring the gospel. Bring, they bring the word of God to people at their houses. Mm-hmm. You sit down, you have a conversation, you get to know them, and then you just you tell them yeah. about God. I mean, these people, if you there are people, um, if you like ask them, have you heard of Jesus? And their response is, "What's a Jesus? <laughs> like, they they've never What's heard. What's a Jesus? What's a Jesus? Like they've never heard.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love. They're in this in this magazine. And you guys, you can pick one of these up. You can pick one of these up at the connection table if you wanna know more about Overland Missions. And you've got this little flyer brochure for short-term mission trip. And we're going to begin to do more in missions as a church. I just got confirmation today. I'm gonna share this um, because Jesse knows we've talked. I can't keep spitting my mouth So I'm going to go ahead and share this before we wanted to, (laughs) but we are going to be going to, I just got confirmation this morning, we are going to be taking a short-term mission trip to Costa Rica. It just set up this morning for the fall of 2021. Now that seems like a long way away, but it usually takes about a year to prep for one of these. And so if you're interested in going into the jungles of Costa Rica and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, and I think... I know this isn't Cambodia. We'll get to Cambodia as well. But um, Starbucks has one of their major coffee bean farms there. You might be able to get to visit the, the Starbucks coffee bean farm in Costa Rica. as part of your mission trip. But we, we want to get involved. And I love in, in this magazine, there's a verse here um, that I'm going to find it. I promise. There it is. In Psalm chapter 2 verse 8, it says, ask of me and I will, I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. God says, if you just ask me, I will give you the ends of the earth, I will make them your possession. And I think sometimes we don't dream big enough.
1: True, this is very interesting because God actually put that on my heart this morning to kind of talk about that. Did he really? <laughs>
0: yes. Okay, this is, when you, when you are walking with God, stuff like this happens all the time. Okay, so what did God put on your heart this morning?
1: Um, I was sitting there praying and I was asking God, you know, what what is it that you would like for me, you know, to share, to mm-hmm. encourage? And one of them was dream bigger dreams. And so I was going over some of my notes and it was, you know, was talking about asking God what his heart is for Mm -hmm. the people and then I thought sometimes you know we we ask God you know God what is it you want to do in my life what is it you want to do in my family Mm -hmm. and then but what about God what's your heart for this town what or the school what's your heart for this state what's your Mm -hmm. heart for this country God what is your heart for the nations I mean what what's your heart for the people of the nations and then not just that but then God how can I be the answer to your yes. heart's prayer?
0: Yes, and, and that's something that we all can be asking as we wrap this up this morning as the band comes back up here to play. I just want you to think about what, how can God use you? Some of you may never leave, some of you may never want to leave the borders of our country, but there are other things you can do. I mean, you can pray for Amy and Tanakh in Cambodia. I know that, you know, God God has allowed humanity ...to invent really cool things like Skype. And so, you know, I've gotten to Skype with Amy and Tanakh... ...and just kind of coached them a little bit in ministry. Uh, You know, I've been able to do that some. And so I just want to encourage you, whether it's praying... ...whether it's a financial donation to them... We, everything that we collect in this offering coming up here in the next few minutes is going directly to her. We're going to skip our typical offering for our church today. As we'll all go to her and what she, her and Tanakh are doing in Cambodia. And um, I just want to say how proud I am of you and what you've done and what you continue to do. I am proud of all of you for, for, for giving. You know, when you give, this is part of, of what it goes to. And her and Tanakh need to raise... Uh, $2,280, that's what they need to live on a month uh, in Cambodia. You guys have been living on, and I'm just going to let this cat out of the bag because this is just even a miracle that you've been able to live on this. They have been living on $400 a month, which is just simply unheard of. Uh, last, uh, in fact, I actually heard a, a, little, a little birdie told me Tanakh was selling um, nuts, collecting nuts and selling them on the side of the road to get gas. Is that true?
1: Yeah, we have cashews on our trees now, so he's selling So for you're gas selling money.
0: cashews for gas money. So I think we can do better than because if you're taking the time to sell cashews on the side of the road to get gas money, you can't use that time then to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we need to take that burden on to help you financially. Okay? So the church is going to get behind you and support you and back you. All right. If you're here this morning and you want to give to them on a regular monthly basis, when you go to the when you go to the church's website and go to the give option and you choose to give through our website, or if you give um, online, you can actually there's a drop-down menu, and you can choose to give above and beyond your tithe. The Bible would call that an offering, and you can give an offering to. Amy Antonok, through our website on that drop-down menu. And their name, your name is there in that drop-down menu. And you can give to them. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to give that on your own through the church, you can do that. If you want to commit to a monthly, they need $2,280 a month, right? Yes. So the church is already going to give. But if you want to go above and beyond that, um, $10 a month, $20 a month, Maybe $200 a month. I don't know. Everybody's at a different place financially. But if that's you and you want to give to them as they work with the children and work in the remote areas in the jungles of Cambodia, I want to encourage you to do that, whatever it is. Uh, Would you pray and consider what God would lead you to give? We are all in this together. And here's what I can tell you that one day you will stand before God and God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you think it's only 10 bucks. I mean, that's skipping Starbucks for two times a month, skip Starbucks and, and give it to them. And when you stand before God, he's gonna say, thank you for skipping Starbucks. Here are all the people that you never met that are now in the kingdom of heaven because of you. I mean, that's the impact we can have. So I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna go ahead and pray and then we're gonna, Stand up and we're gonna sing. Amy, thank you for being with us today. And
1: thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for following the Lord and doing. Can we give Amy a round of applause? Anybody that can leave the United States as a single woman and go turn a whole town around with the children that are collecting trash deserves a standing ovation. Come on. She she's doing an amazing job with Tanakh. And we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Um, She will be with me out there as we close today. But can we pray as we get ready to take up today's offering? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in this place today. I thank you for your love for us. And you told us to go to make disciples of all nations or literally in the Greek, go make disciples of all ethnic groups. And so, Lord, as she reaches the people in Cambodia, in both the city and the rural. Lord, I thank you that you allow us to be a partner in that. You allow us to link up with her and support her so that they're not having to sell cashews to get gas money. That, Lord, they can raise the $2,280 a month to go and be a part, or do, do even more than what they're doing right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Not-